It seems like so long ago and yet at the same time, like it was just yesterday. My baby, my boy, born in a stable. He was so tiny. After the angel came and told me I was chosen to be the mother of God's son, well, I thought nothing else would surprise me. But isn't it just like Yahweh to keep the surprises coming? There was a bright star and shepherds that saw a host of angels and then more angels. What else could possibly happen? Then the wise men came. They came in all their finery, bringing us gifts that were worth more than anything I had ever seen. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I've often wondered if those men truly understood what it was they were bringing. The gold for a king, the frankincense for his deity, the myrrh to foreshadow his death. All of these gifts were more than just gifts. They honored the savior of the world with such extravagant gifts that held such symbolism. Did they know that? I watched my baby grow to be, well, not my baby anymore. He became a man who gave his life to serve the very ones he created. I watched him heal the sick and make the blind to see. I heard him teach the masses. I bore the heartache of the contempt against him and the insults thrown at him. The words of Isaiah rang in my ears. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. The people wanted to make him king, to crown him with gold. They expected Jesus to ride into Jerusalem and overthrow our oppressors. They didn't understand that when the prophets spoke of a savior, it meant so much more than their present circumstances. Jesus had something more eternal in mind, but they didn't like that. So instead of a crown of gold, they put a crown of thorns on his head. He suffered and died for all of humankind. But the story doesn't end there. Three days after they buried him, he rose from the grave. And now you and I have the hope of eternal salvation. All because God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have life everlasting. Amen. Hey, maybe you have um, been here over the last few weeks. If you have, then you know we have been just looking at the gifts that the wise men brought. And not just at the gifts that they brought, but, but what those gifts signify, what they prophesied about Jesus. Uh, for example, they brought gold and and that was a declaration by the wise men that Jesus Christ is the rightful king of kings. And he shall reign as king forever and ever and ever. 
And they also brought frankincense, which it was a declaration by the wise men that Jesus Christ is our only high priest who can stand between us and God the Father and usher us rightfully into the presence of the Father. And then they brought myrrh, which was a reminder, this prophecy that Jesus Christ is not just the baby who would be born, but he is the Savior who would die on Calvary's cross. And we've been looking at these gifts, but may we not miss the greatest gift of all. Because the greatest gift is not the gold or the frankincense or the myrrh, the greatest gift is the gift of Jesus. And I want you to listen as I just read Matthew's account of God giving his greatest gift to you and to me. Listen as I read. Uh, from Matthew chapter one, starting with verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." And this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Did you notice how the first thing that uh, Matthew tells us about the birth of Jesus is that Jesus was born. Can you imagine that? God as a baby. I mean, <laughs> flesh and blood. I mean, just the thought of God as a real live baby. I mean, that's, Staggering. The one who existed before time, the one who created time, stepped into time and became a flesh and blood baby. Isn't that right, Shep? The one who made us became one of us there at Bethlehem. See, the very fact that God would become a baby tells us so much about God, right? It tells us that God was willing to become vulnerable. I mean, think about this. God as a baby, that means God was willing to be held. God was willing to be fed. God was willing to be rocked. God was willing to be shushed. I can't tell you how many times already I've uh, been holding little Shep, and Shep starts to cry, and you know what I do? I go, shh, 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 And God was willing to be shushed. God was willing to have his diaper changed. Can you imagine that? 
God was willing to become vulnerable. But more than that, God was willing to suffer rejection. See, he was a real, live, flesh and blood human being, fully God, but he became fully man. And he was rejected. He was rejected by his family. When he grew up and he started announcing that he is the Messiah, Scripture actually tells us, and when his family heard it, they went out to seize him, for they were saying he's out of his mind. And not only his family, but the Jewish leaders, they called for his crucifixion. The crowds, when he was hanging there on the cross, the crowds cried out and jeered and mocked and laughed at him. Can you imagine that? I mean, who, who does that, honestly? Who goes someplace where you know you're going to be mocked, you're going to be laughed at, you're going to be rejected, you will probably even be killed? Who does that? I mean, that's like wearing a Cowboys jersey to an Eagles game in Philadelphia. Who does that? You don't do that. And yet, God was willing to do that. Why? Why was God willing to become a baby and be born and walk among us. Actually, the text tells us in the very name, it says, Jesus, you shall call his name Jesus. Did you know that the word Jesus, the very name for Jesus, it comes from the root word Joshua, Yeshua, Yahweh. Yahweh is the most sacred name for God. When you begin to translate the name Jesus, here's how you translate it. Jehovah will save. Yahweh will save. See, Jesus was born to save us. But then the question becomes, Jesus became a baby and became vulnerable and Suffered rejection to save us from what? And yet Matthew tells us very clearly in the text. Did you catch it? It says, you shall, con- you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Jesus became a baby so that he could grow up to be a man, so that he could die on a cross, so that he could save us from our sin. Here's the reality this Christmas Eve. We've got a sin problem. And I know so many of you are going, no, 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 Gary, this is Christmas Eve. Let's don't talk about sin. I've got my family here. I've got friends here. I've got neighbors here. Let's don't talk about that. We don't like to talk about sin. I don't like to talk about sin. Uh, We'd rather talk about mistakes that we've made, a lapse in judgment, uh, a momentary kind of mess up. I mean, uh, we'd rather say things like, hey, I'm not perfect, so shoot me. I mean, come on. Nobody's perfect. We don't want to talk about sin. And and, and I get it because we don't want to talk about the fact that we've sinned against a holy God. And and by the way, if there's no sin, then we don't have to talk about repenting of sin. We don't have to talk about asking Jesus to forgive us. And we don't have to ask Jesus then to save us from the penalty of our sin. See, if there's no sin, there's no need for Jesus to be born and there's no need for Jesus to die See, if there's no such thing really as sin against a holy God, then, then when we're young and we mess up, we just need to go sit and time out for a while and that'll straighten everything out. Or, or when we get older, if there's no sin, then we just need to try harder. Or, or maybe if we think some remote way there's a God somewhere, we just need to make sure that our good outweighs our bad before we die. But Jesus came to tell us that we have a sin problem. And the reality is, We have a looming death problem because the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
See, the price to pay, the price to pay. Jesus was born to tell us this. The price to pay for us just following after whatever our heart desires. And the Bible talks about the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. The price that we pay for just following after whatever our heart wants to do and whatever moment it is, the price to pay for that is death eternally and separation from God eternally. After all, as God told us in his word, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. So here's the point. Jesus was born to save us, and there's no plan B. Did you notice in Matthew's account how he says this? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. That's what it says in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah lives 700 years before Jesus was born. And that's why Matthew comes back and he says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. What Jesus is saying is he was born so that we could be saved and there's no plan B. This is a, a birthday party. You know that, right? This is Jesus' birthday party. And, and Jesus has invited you to this birthday party. And the Holy Spirit has compelled you to come to this birthday party so that you could hear, so that I could hear one more time, Jesus was born so that we might be saved and there's no plan B. No plan B. I've got uh, a kid uh, that's just, man, the most spontaneous, adventurous, kind of carefree of all of my kids. I mean, one of his favorite sayings has always been, let's just play it fast and loose and see how it all shakes out. <laughs> and I'm telling you, the guy just lives a charmed life. It's an adventurous life. I, I'm so tightly wound, I could never live that way. I have to know every detail. And he just lives a different life than I do. And enjoy so much more of life than I do. And it works great when you're figuring out where you're gonna go eat. Hey, let's just get in the car and figure it out on the way. When you're going on vacation, literally, he's married now, has a family, and they went on this cool vacation, and I'm like, hey, where, where are y'all going? And he tells me where they're going. And where are y'all staying? And he goes, I don't know. We booked the flight. We booked the rental car. We're just gonna drive from town to town, and whatever town we end up in, we'll stay there. I was thinking, maybe you need a hotel reservation, silly me. <laughs> it's a little more complicated when it's like, hey, when are y'all coming over for the family Christmas gathering? Hey. <laughs> Fast and loose. See, that works. Some of you are just like my son and you kind of are playing life fast and loose and you have so much more fun than I do because you're adventurous and spontaneous. But that works in this life. It does not work playing it fast and loose and seeing how it all shakes out when it comes to eternity because there's no plan B. There's always been a plan A. And there shall always be just one plan, plan A. And that plan is that on one particular night in Bethlehem, and it was this amazingly holy night. There was a child who was born and his name was Jesus. And he was born so that he could tell you and me. Jesus was born 
to save us from our sins. And there's no plan B. Oh, listen to me. This is the day to believe in, to receive, to confess that child Jesus as your king. This is the time to believe, to call upon Jesus to save you. This is the time to believe in the one who was born on that holy night.